We've been in a series, this is our fourth week, we'll probably go a couple, two or three more weeks, I think, and uh, we're talking about two worlds, or we've said it this way, two realms, because we live in a world right now here that is really devoid of understanding of that there is another realm or another world out there. They're totally devoid. I mean, they, they think there could be something, but for the most part, they say if you die, you die like a dog. You're dead. You're gone. It's over. There's nothing after this life. And uh, that could be something maybe not good, right? Because what if all of a sudden somebody dies and they're over there and they find out there's something there? People inherently know there is something out there, that there is more to this life. There is another realm. There are influences from the other side. And so Hebrews, the 11th chapter, we're going to start here. But I'm going to say this. Uh, we've been changing up every week, going further and further in this subject. But we did a couple of weeks ago say this. Jesus taught his disciples, and he wanted them to know. He said, Pray that God's will would be done here on earth as it's being done in heaven. That statement right there should help straighten out a, a lot of people. You with me? Because do we think that there's, you know, tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes in heaven? Like, you know, I'd live right there in that beautiful area. There's a lot of tornadoes there, though, Lord, so uh, up here in this place in heaven. Do you think like that when you get there? You think, well, man, I'm, I deal with depression right now. Um, I can't wait to go to heaven, you know, because God's will is just unhindered. Then that must mean I'm going to have way more depression. Well, then why would people say things like, you never know what the Lord wants. This could just be God's will down here. Well, we have enough sense, but sometimes we don't spend it. I mean, I just keep my pennies in my pocket, but we got sense. We should use it, and we should know that's not how God is, and there is another realm out there, and God basically, you know, in the earth when Jesus was here, God in the flesh, he said, listen, I want, we want the will that's there here. If you were in heaven, would you sense God's presence? A, a little bit? Just a little bit? Oh, I, I had a goosebump. Like, it was, do you see that right there? I, his presence. No, we would be like blown away. You read about it and you see the other realm on the other side where God's presence would get so strong, people would be falling down on the ground and beat out on the ground constantly in God's presence. And I mean, you talk about his glory and power being there and, and purity and no sickness, no pain, no depression, no, none of that exists there. And he said, I pray that your will would be done on earth. So what's God's will? That the way it is in heaven, it be here. Now, is it going to happen with everybody? No, we know that. But Man has a part to play on will they have heaven on earth or have a degree of heaven on earth or the things there. So we've been talking about these two realms, the other side and this side. There are things out there that we don't know, meaning we know there's a hell. We know there's a heaven. We know this. The Bible said heaven and earth, but not the heaven where God dwells, but the skies will pass away at some point. And how many people live like this is it? But thank God there is another realm that would like to have influence in a person's life. Change them, fill them. You know what I mean by that? God can make a man new. 
we've substituted being positive for the new birth. But I am about being positive, too. If you serve God, you should be. But that being said, let's look at a few verses here today about how to operate in this realm here, but really getting that stuff that God has purposed here in our lives. So Hebrews 11.1, 1, we've read this a couple of times. It says this, and I'm going to read this in a couple of translations. It says, now faith is the substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Notice when you hope for something, it's, you know, I was hoping these people would come today. If they came, then I don't hope anymore, right? In other words, if I can see it, I don't hope for it. So notice he said, the things you see are not the substance. Isn't that interesting? Because how many people think things are the real substance of life? They think, well, if my body changed, I got it. If I could just see it. But what we need to know is if we can really know what faith is or how to get faith, we can have the substance of what we don't see, then we'll begin to see it. Notice, now faith is the substance of things hoped for or expected. And notice, it's the evidence or faith is the evidence or the proof or the assurance of things not seen. So we're going to talk a little bit more about faith today. Why? Because faith is huge from the beginning of the Bible to the end. And there is a lot of opinion about faith, you know, because you can just talk to anybody and they'll say, you can't, you can't challenge me on my faith. My faith is personal. It's between me and God. In other words, don't examine my faith. But really, the Bible tells us to examine ourselves to see whether we're in the faith. So we need to examine, you know, our own faith. If you had to go to a doctor, or you had to go to a mechanic, and they had never gone to school, never worked on a car, never did experiments, you know, in class and dissected a rat, let alone a human cadaver, any of that stuff, would you just uh, trust them with their your opinion with you or your car? Would you? So what would you require of them? Well, you'd like your mechanic to know something about cars. Like if he just said, you know, he said, I got this noise under the hood. I, I think it's something like this wrong with my engine. And they're like, all right, give me the keys. And they go open the trunk and they're looking. And they're like, I see the problem here. There's a lot of trash in here. How many of you be going like, um, can, I, can I have your, my keys back, please? I, I really don't have time to stay right now. Um, I got to go. Right? I mean, a doctor comes to you and he's like, you're like uh, yeah, my knee, it's been clicking and stuff like that. And he whips out a big old pipe wrench. We, we could fix that. <laughs> Sounds like something's loose. Now, this totally sounds stupid, right? I mean, you're like, come on, who would do that? But how many people are untrained, don't know what the Bible said, and have all their own ideas about faith, and they're all right? And you're not even allowed to argue with them. And we shouldn't. But whether they're right or wrong, it doesn't, I mean, it does matter. But when it comes down to it, what about me? 
do I know what faith is? Do I, in other words, would I know if I had faith or if I didn't have faith? Is there a measurable way to measure? You know, in other words, if, uh, you know, you go somewhere with people, and, you, and I've done this numerous times, and they'll say, well, we need six feet of this or five feet of that. And you're like, well, how did you get that measurement? You know, it was this and this, and that's five feet. And you're like, no, it's not. That's three feet. And you can get in an argument. We're Christians, so we're nice about the argument at least. But anybody ever been there before? And then somebody like gets their way and they bring it home. We got twice as much. I told you so. But you would have got half as much. So who is right? The person who has something to measure it by. If you don't have something to measure it by, then how can we know? Right? And so the Bible gives us a measurement. And he said this. He said, faith is. It's this. And then he said, faith is this. Now, I'm going to read this in the Amplified because it will help us even further. It says, now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation. It gave us two words there to help us know what assurance is. You know what a title deed is? You you buy a car, you make your last payment, they send you the title. And then you own that thing outright, you would say, this is mine. And if somebody came up and they maybe even had one like yours and they said, well, no, that's mine, that's mine. And then you pull out the title deed and you say, no, this is mine. Right? You'd have a title deed. You know, do you hold the title to your home? And we get confirmations all the time that we have ordered something online We get an email or a text that says confirmation number, or you call and you say, hey, I want to buy this. You buy it over line. They'll say, would you like a confirmation number? What is a confirmation? It's a proof. What's a proof that something belongs to you? And notice he said, so now faith in the Amplified says, now faith is the assurance. It's the title deed. It's the proof that something belongs to you, something that you hope for. So you could say it like this, you can have proof it's yours before you see it. That's how you can know faith. And it goes on to say this, for it's divinely guaranteed, and it's the evidence of things not seen. It's the conviction of their reality. So faith can be measured by my inward convictions of, I'm convicted that it's reality. But here's the thing, it didn't stop there, because many people are not convicted of a reality like they should be, in a Godward way. I mean, we sense God moving here while we're praising the Lord, and we sense... And we're now, because of what we experience out here, we're convicted, convinced, we're assured. We look at the object and we say, that's the title deed. God is moving in that place. Whoa. But before it happened, I had that word. I knew he's moving already. But now we're sensing it. Which is the title deed? Which is the proof? Which is the realization? Not seeing it, 
but it's inside before you see it. How many people want to see something and feel something, then they'll be convinced. But notice how this reads. It's the evidence of things not seen. The conviction of their reality, faith comprehends as fact. Faith comprehends as fact or reality what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. So that's a good thing to ask. Do I believe what God said before I see it? Am I convinced of its reality before it ever appears? Before I can ever see it, before I can ever touch it? And here's a big challenge right here. We get faith, we saw this last week, out of His Word. When we, not just by hearing, but believing what we hear. There's a big difference. Because you can hear, 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 but if you don't believe what you hear, you don't got faith. Some people have faith in their boss or the owner of their company more than they do God because when that owner says something, they choose to believe it before they ever see it. What do you mean? Well, come on into my office. I want to talk to you right now. Okay? We like how things have been going. We like how things are. We're going to give you... Uh, hundred dollars, a couple, two dollars and fifty cents an hour, forty hours, that's a hundred dollars a week, four hundred dollars a month. You know, no, I've been struggling with this. We're actually going to give you five dollars, two hundred dollars a week, eight hundred dollars a month. It'll start showing up in your paycheck somewhere. You know, we're at this cycle and this, so it should show up in your paycheck in about a month. If your boss pulled you into your office and he wasn't just a full-out joker and he said, I'm giving you five more dollars an hour, which will equate to a couple hundred dollars a week, up $800 a month, you know, what is that, almost $10,9600 a year, how many of you just sit there, what if they said, you know, we're going to give you $10 an hour, you double that, that's 20 grand. We're just going to give you that, and they're trustworthy, and you know that these things can happen, and they tell you, now, let me ask you this, are you going to go home that day and not tell a soul? You're just going to go home, you're with your family, and you're just eating. Somber moment, we're eating. No emotion, right? You've been struggling to pay bills, but now you got their word, let me ask you this, would that relieve you of stress to get 20 grand more a year? How many of you, if your boss told you that and you knew it was a month away, wouldn't it relieve stress? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't there be a sense of ah, relief? Wouldn't there? How many of you have seen the money yet? No, you chose to believe his word as fact. And now you take it as a reality. And you're shouting the victory. You got in the car and went, woo yeah. I've been wanting to pay that credit card off. And after that, I'm getting this. And I'm getting this. You're already thinking of spending it. You've never seen it. You just got this man who could be cheating on his wife 
gave you a word or is a backstabber, but he gave you a word, and you're shouting the victory over his word. Woo! He's super dishonest, he's mean, but you know he'll follow through. And then you're already thinking about it, right? You've accepted as fact what you can't see based on a human being's word. The Bible said, let God be true and every man a liar. I mean, there are people, people, everyone's probably lied at some time. Only Jesus was the only one on earth who never did. But every one of us has probably lied at some time. Oh, don't act all innocent now. Not me. You liar. You're lying right now. You have too. Everybody at some time, did you eat that cookie when you were little? No. And it's all over your face. We know you did, liar. Or lying. Not maybe by nature, but by action, you're lying. You, we've all lied. Here's the thing. God has never, ever, one time, ever lied. And you have, at least one time, right? But, but if you tell me you're coming over, I'll totally start planning like you're coming over. Let's just read this again. Faith, which comes through hearing what God says when we believe it, is the evidence of things not seen. It's the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. You haven't seen the $10,000 or $20,000 that you're going to get. You haven't ever seen the increase in your paycheck, but your whole attitude has changed. Uh, your whole lifestyle, you're already thinking about a new lifestyle. How many people say, well, I believe what God said, but they're thinking my lifestyle's going in the toilet? It's all, oh yeah, I believe what you said, but they never picture things getting better. They just keep picturing it getting worse. They're not convicted. They have not believed what he said and said, glory. You, you with me? They've chosen to entertain the wrong thing. And here's the thing. All that that boss says is dealt with, it's unseen at first. But the things God speaks about are unseen too. We know this verse said, so we walk by faith and not by sight. So we could say this, walking by faith is walking by unseen realities that we are convinced by that come through what he says. When we accept what he said, we believe it, that is faith. When I really believe something he says, I'll be convicted inside. I'll be convinced inside of their reality apart from seeing. Oh, that's good preaching right there. Here's the question then. What is reality? That is a good question. What is reality? Somebody said the taco salad I'm eating at lunch. Well, that is reality. But it's not reality yet. The question is this. Is only the physical reality? Is it the greatest reality? We looked at this before, how that the physical was made by spiritual, so it can't even exist without the spiritual side. So the spiritual is superior to the physical, so then that would mean I could have inward evidence or inward proof of something based on truth that's more steady than this world and the things I could see.
And this is where we've got to get. Turn to Romans, the fourth chapter, and we'll look at this verse before we close. And we may be here for a couple of minutes, but Romans, the fourth chapter. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be seen or cannot be experienced or is not experienced by the physical senses presently. It is also the conviction of their reality or their inward conviction. So Romans, the fourth chapter, is a very interesting verse. And we're going to read a few verses here. We're going to start in verse 12 because we need to understand faith is, the most, is one of the most valuable things to a person because faith is what Jesus asked regularly do you believe? Do you have faith? And if you did, you can have this. You can get this. We know by faith we get saved when we accept His grace or what He has offered, what He has paid for. And so faith is huge. We're told that we're to walk by faith. That means that's how we're to live. We're to live by this. We're not to occasionally visit and occasionally use our faith. When it's necessary, because that's different, you know, than walking by faith. Because the way you get places is you walk. And so he said, you walk by faith and not by sight. So notice verse 12. We're going to start here and read through these verses. It says, and it's talking about Abraham here, who God chose to be over the Jewish nation uh, and to be the father of the people of Israel. God gave a promise. God gave a covenant. Guaranteed all kinds of blessings to him. And, and, and his descendants. Too bad you're not Jewish. Somebody said, I think I got like 5%. You with me? If you could be a descendant, you could be blessed. Notice this, verse 12. And the father of circumcision, which is those people who followed the law, the people who got the covenant, to those who not only are of the circumcision, talking about the Jewish people, but also he's the father of these, and he's the father of those who also, halfway through, but who also walk in the steps of the faith which our father Abraham had while he was still uncircumcised. So Abraham is the father of the Jewish people who followed the law, but he's also the father of those who walk in the steps or the style of faith he had. Who's your daddy? I guess you'd have to ask, what kind of faith do you got? Then I'll tell you who your daddy is. Let you think about that for a while. Because think about it. If I don't know what this faith looks like, I don't know who my dad is. If I don't know who my father is in the faith, I don't know what blessings are mine. Because he was, the father Abraham was blessed, and these blessings just go through all his descendants. And so he tells us you don't have to just be a Jew by birth and follow the law, but if you're a person of the same kind of faith he had, uh-oh, then the blessing 
is on you. So you could see it's important to know. But how did God cause these blessings to come? They were all spiritual. They were all spiritual blessings that caused healing, deliverance, provision, you name it. Good standing with God, being clean. They were spiritual. In the other side, they were pronounced, but then they would affect. But how did they affect? You had to be of his faith. That means you had to be convinced of a reality you couldn't see. So let's look, because you know what? He's about to show us what kind of faith he had so you can know who's your daddy. Right? Didn't the Bible tell us in Galatians 3, if you put your faith in Jesus, then you're a, an heir, you're in the lineage of Abraham? So if you gave your life to the Lord, you fall into this. But now we're not just to use that faith to get saved. We're to now walk by faith. We're to walk in this faith. Because why? We bring the unseen realities into this realm. And they're real. That's why we can praise the Lord and you go, whoa. And we pray for the sick and they get healed. And we pray and answers happen. You know, some people say, well, I pray and nothing ever happens. Well, then why are you praying? There has to be something inherent that you believe something will come from there to here if you pray. Because why pray then? Well, then you got to walk by this faith. Ready? Verse 13. Because I don't want to have to quit before I read this. For the promise that he would be heir of the world or the people who would be connected to God through him was not to Abraham or to his seed or we would say his descendants. Now we know this, his descendants are all not just natural birth, but their descendants are people who walk in his faith. He said, the seed through the law or keeping rules. You don't get it if you just keep rules. How many people have said, well, I'll get to heaven because I've been good enough. You don't get this blessing by being good enough. He said, but through the righteousness or good standing that you get in faith. Verse 14. For if those who are of the law are heirs or the ones who just keep the rules, faith is made void. And the promise made of no effect. In other words, because you're working for it. And he said, this is a trust issue. This is a faith issue. Notice verse 15. Because the law brings about wrath. In other words, when the law comes in a person's life, all it does is tell you how you're doing things wrong. To make you guilty. But when you receive Christ, you're no longer guilty. You're declared right. That's why the Bible, if you read even the book of Romans, said we're now, as believers, no longer under the law. Actually said we've died to it. Notice this, verse 15, because the law brings about wrath. In other words, there is no judgment for speeding without speeding signs, right? We all should say amen to that. I should, at least with anybody, you know, because praise the Lord. If there's no speeding signs, glory to God. I need to know where that highway is. But the minute they put up a sign, wrath is connected. There's a law there. So i got to go right underneath that or be very vigilant. Because the law brings about wrath or judgment for where there is no law, there is no transgression. Praise the Lord. In heaven, it will be unlimited speed limit. Germany 
has a, you could see heaven from there on the Autobahn, I think. <laughs> I just got that revelation right here. This just came to me. I, I don't know. I think it came through my flesh. Anyway, verse 16, therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. In other words, God offers it all, but you got to get it not by works, but by faith. Well, then we need to remember when we hear these words, faith, it's by faith. It's by an inward realization. It's by an inward conviction. It's by an inward knowing, not by your works. How do I get an inward knowing? By accepting, believing what he said is fact. Like you would accept your boss's word. You go inwardly. Even if people said, you're not really going to get it. Nope, I'm going to get it. You watch. It's coming in my paycheck. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. We're moving out of this neighborhood. Sorry. (laughs) Have you seen a check yet? Nope. Well, you never know. No, I know. He told me. That's all you're working off of. But you have a conviction now because you believed what he said. If not, you wouldn't tell anybody. You would just wait because, you know, because there's a difference between believing and faith. Believing gives you faith. When I accept what he said, I'm, that's it. I've accepted it as fact. I've got an inward reality now. Notice this. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according, verse 16, according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to most people. No, to everyone, to all the seed, not only those who are of the law or keeping rules, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Us all who? Us all who put our faith in Jesus But he's about to tell you something here. He's about to do some rubber meets the road business to examine your own faith life. As it is written, this is the grace. I have made you the father of many nations. If you know the story of Abraham, Abraham got a promise. It was given to him and his wife. He said, you're going to have all kinds of kids. And uh, you're going to be the father of a multitude, and you're going to have all this nation, and anybody who's of faith is going to come underneath you, and he can't have a baby. His wife can't have a baby. And God said, it's so, before he ever saw it. Just like your boss said, it's so, you got the raise. He said it, it's so. And we know when they first started... They weren't all correctly in line. Sarah laughed. They named their first son Isaac because she first doubted what God said. So if you didn't start right, that's not the end of the story. But notice, the promise might be sure to all the seed, all the seed, which would include us. He could be your daddy if you walk in faith. If you receive Christ and then walk this out, that blessing is yours. Notice, Not only to those who are of the law, but to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him, God, whom he believed, he believed what God said. When God said, you are this, he couldn't have children. His wife couldn't have children. If you looked at physical evidence, there's no way. But he believed what God said. He accepted what God said. What did that do? It gave him faith. It says, notice concerning God who gives life to the dead 
and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. You know, if you go read the New Testament, there's a lot of things God calls existing in our life that you have to believe before you see and then you'll experience. He said, I've already delivered you from all addiction. Did you know you're already free? A believer is free. Did you know that? No, no, because I'm struggling with this. See, you're looking at the physical evidence instead of believing what he said. And when you believe what he said, you'll get inwardly convinced and you'll walk out and walk free. Notice this. He gives life to the dead and he calls those things that do not exist as though they did. Verse 18. So God called Abraham, this person that's blessed, that can have a baby. What if God came and appeared to you and said, you can have a baby and you couldn't? How would you act? You'd probably start crying if you never could have a baby. It's finished. So I finally can. You'd tell people, it's over, I got it. Well, you can accept this word the same way. And it said, who, contrary to hope, or the way expectation looked, in the expectation he believed, or the expectation that came from God. There was a natural, and there was a spiritual one. So that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Notice, he believed what God had said about him. He believed it, he accepted it. Now, we're going to close with this part right here. And not being weak in faith. Where did he get his faith from? He accepted what God had said. And so when he accepted what God said, he literally had an inward conviction of those things reality before he ever saw them. How many believe God is doing something here? He really is. And we have an inward reality. We just keep showing up. We'll watch it. Let's keep living it out. Let's bring our friends. Why? Because God's working. But he's not just doing that. He's doing other things and wants to do things in our lives. And, and, and the key to it is, he said, and he was not weak in faith. You could say this. He was not weak in the inward conviction of this thing's reality. He was not weak in inward conviction as this thing is a fact before he saw it. In other words, he believed this fact. My wife can get pregnant. I'm having a kid. And it says, and being not weak in faith or this inward realization, he therefore didn't consider his own body. That's where people fail. They open themselves up to God's word, and then they consider all the wrong. Why comprehend and look at that to comprehend that thing as a finished fact when God said something different? You get what I'm saying? He said, it's yours. Okay, if I believe that, then why should I give my focus to these other things? This is the kind of faith Abraham had who not being weak in this inward reality because of what he accepted, God's word, he did not, he did not, he chose not to consider his own body already dead. But God gives life to things that are dead before you ever see life in them. Notice, his own body dead already, or his wife's body is already dead since 
He was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, or you could say this, by focusing on what he could see and feel. But he was strengthened in his faith or in this inward realization, giving glory to God. And here's the big kicker right here. And being fully convinced. King James says fully persuaded. Here's an interesting thing. This is the mental makeup of you and me right here. Where are we at? Where are you at? Because if we're going to examine our own faith, it's interesting, this, this word persuaded, it's only used like two times here. And it actually reads the same as where in the Old Testament he said, my son, give attention to my words, incline your ears to my sayings. He said, their life unto those that find him, their health, medicine, strength to all your flesh. Where it says, incline your ear. In other words, just listen to this, accept this only. It's that same way, incline, accept only. He said right here, he did not waver at the promise of God, so there was opportunities. Verse 21, and being fully convinced, persuaded. This is the way he thought. This is, no wonder the Bible tells us that when your mind is renewed and you begin to think a different way, then your life becomes transformed as a believer. And being fully convinced that what he, God, had promised, he, God, was also able to perform. Well, we know he got it. We know he got it. Because he followed those principles of faith. He, he got inwardly persuaded. He got disciplined with his own thinking. He started choosing not to consider this because God said this. And it said... Because of that, he started to get stronger in his inward conviction of what was truly reality from God's standpoint, but not from the human standpoint. So there are two worlds, and that world's realities can come this world's realities when we walk in the faith of Abraham. 